Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast, the only podcast where after interviewing 100 people about whether or not the Almost Awesome Podcast was in fact their favorite podcast, 99 of them said, please leave me alone. I'm your host, Tanner Rainhirsch, and today I'm going to give some kind of uh, late impressions of the last E3, the last Electronics Entertainment Expo that uh, just happened a couple weeks ago now. Now, I know these are late to give my opinions on these, but there were just a few things I think are worth discussing. Now, I'm not going to give a play-by-play of all the events and conferences that happened, because when it comes to E3... We don't really pay attention to the entire expo. Most people, I think, just go on YouTube to watch the trailers, watch a little bit of the conferences if they're a little bit noteworthy, but mostly rely on the different news channels that on YouTube or something like that, like Outside Xbox or IGN. We rely on these other news sources to kind of give us a brief overview of the different conferences. Because, honestly, watching a bunch of developers talk about their own games isn't really that exciting for us. Unless it's for the people who are actually there. So, most people, like myself, I believe, actually just, you know, like I said, watch the trailers and really only watch what they're interested in. So, now, one of the things about the Almost Awesome podcast that I want to do is talk about what I think impacts pop culture most. So I think what's most relevant, there are really three games I want to kind of point out. And also where I think E3 in general is going for the future. So, first off, I want to mention a game I really liked, that I'm going to talk about a game that I think really looks disappointing. And then I'm going to talk about a game that I feel is weirdly causing a little bit more controversy. And I wanted to kind of discuss that. So first off, I want to talk about, you know, actually, I'm going to talk about the game I thought was the least impressive. And that I kind of want to like the most. And that's the new Star Wars game by EA called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So this is a game that takes place in between episodes 3 and 4 of Star Wars. And if I have to explain the relevance of that, yeah, you're a lost cause. <laughs> but basically this happens in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope where the Empire in Star Wars is just running amok, just controlling and enslaving everybody, just generally not a great time. And you play as one Jedi, who apparently has survived the Great Jedi Purge, and is now just going around just being a Jedi, you know, just doing normal Jedi things, you know, running up walls and beating people with lightsabers. And... 
honestly, the gameplay mechanics look a little bit interesting. It looks very kind of realistic and grounded as far as the effects and what you're able to do with force powers. The graphics look amazing, of course, but at this point there's really no excuse why your graphics in a video game shouldn't be kind of top-notch. But, And I made mention of this in one of my Facebook posts uh, around the time the actual trailer came out, but the trailer seemed... Or the entire game in general seems very unimaginative. It seems very by the numbers. And what I mean by that is that every mechanic and everything I saw in this game is something I've seen before. There was a Star Wars game a long while back called The Force Unleashed. Which the appeal of that game was that you could play as a as Darth Vader's secret apprentice who's just this powerhouse, and basically, you could, it lets you have all of these force powers, which you can use and to just throw people around and just cause massive damage. And that was the appeal, the allure, that you were this strong force user, and had this, in this uh, time in Star Wars, where there wasn't really a lot of defined action. Between Episodes 3 and Episode 4, there's a big 20-year or so gap in story. So there's a big allure for people who are doing spin-off series to kind of write stories within this time period. You know, and it's not... And it wasn't the first game to do that. I mean, uh, Rogue One did something like that, a little prequel before Episode 4. Um... You know, there's going to be a new Star Wars Mandalorian show called The Mandalorian, and we really don't know how that's going to be, but it just seems like a Boba Fett ripoff. But my point is, is that this is a time in Star Wars that generally keeps bringing, we keep coming back to. I mean, there was a Star Wars show called Star Wars Rebels that took place in this time period, and that also had surviving Jedi in that game. And it's just really using familiar things we see from all the other movies, like familiar looking droids or familiar looking characters. It's a little bit more fan servicey. And that's what I mean by it's unimaginative. It's just giving people what they want. And it doesn't really inspire me. I don't feel a need to play this game and really feel anything. So it's that was what was kind of disappointing about it. And also the mechanics of it, you're like running up walls or you know, you're using a lightsaber or using force powers to push or pull people. This is all stuff that I've done before in other games, just they were done better in those games. So, but everyone seems to be very excited because they're given these abilities. But, I don't know. I feel like we need to have a little bit of a higher standard. And I feel like there are more things in Star Wars that we can explore. So, that's just my opinion on that. A There's this game that I just feel is very... 
you know, lackluster. And I feel like we can do better and we should strive to do better and tell more interesting stories and have more interesting gameplay uh, that we can play with. Now, one of the games that was presented at E3 does something that is probably one of the most ambitious things I have seen in so long. And I think a lot of people would agree with me is that this was kind of the winner of E3. What people thought is the most talked about game that people are probably surprisingly the most excited about. And that is the new Watch Dogs game from Ubisoft, Watch Dogs Legion. Now, I've kind of had a good soft spot for Watch Dogs. It's kind of had an uphill battle when it comes to popularity with fans. It's never really quite hit this level where like, it's universally acclaimed or universally loved. Like Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed game or Ghost Recon. Some of their more and more popular uh, gaming franchises. The first Watch Dogs game was kind of a GTA-style kind of game where it's got neo-noir functions to it. But the main appeal of the game was that you could hack almost anything and control anything. But that game suffered from a very bland and bleak protagonist. And also not a lot of options when it came to getting around objectives or getting around enemies that could just quickly devolve into just basic cover shooting. So that was a big problem with that game. Even though I still kind of like it um, as a better alternative to GTA, which I think is just, I don't know, I don't like any character in GTA, so it's hard for me to like them. But... Then came Watch Dogs 2, which completely revamped the entire series. It made you part of a hacktivist group, changing the protagonist to Marcus Holloway, a young African-American guy, who is a way better protagonist than the one they had in the first game. He's super relatable, he's really funny, and he's also... A leader. He's a true video game protagonist and one that the players can get into because his actions propel the plot forward. And he also points out lots of social injustice, not only in the game, but also that's kind of culturally relevant. So that I th- is what I contribute to a lot of the success that Watch Dogs 2 had. Though it still kind of struggled with its popularity for a while. And people just didn't think it quite got there. Even though it improved a lot of things about the gameplay. Where you could go through the whole game and hack almost anything without even getting into a single gunfight. Which I think is actually really interesting. Now. Now. Watch Dogs Legion is coming out. It's the third game in the franchise. And immediately, what people found interesting about this game is the promise 
And from what we can tell from the game is that you can literally play as anybody in the game. Watch Dogs has always been able... It's been an open-world sandbox where you can go around into crowds and you're able to scan people and get little tidbits of information from them as you hack them. Well, in this game, you can scan people and you can potentially recruit them into your hacker group, DeadSec. And after doing enough loyalty missions and getting them to trust you and officially join DeadSec you would be able to play as that character in-game. And for those of you who have never played Watch Dogs game, there are a lot of people that you can run into. So the potential of literally looking at anyone in the game, whether it be cops, florists, or just people hanging out on park benches, they in the game trailers, they show just hooligans and kickboxers and also a very old lady. You could potentially recruit and play as anybody. And also, the caveat is, if you were to die in the game, that character is permanently killed. So this is an incredibly ambitious promise and one that I hope to believe in. I really want this to be true. Because this would have... Nothing like this has ever been done in games before. Certain mechanics kind of go into this territory a little bit. But nothing has ever given you the ability to possibly play as any character before. And they're promising that that you'll be able to play through the story as any one of these characters, that they have 20 different versions of the game's script with different dialogue and different ways people could talk. So it will be really interesting to see how this goes through. One of the things that pops into my head where this, where the caveat might come from is that some characters might be very similar to each other, might have similar lines of dialogue, or might even have the same voice actor. Even though they're promising, even if one has the same voice actor, it's going to be a little bit different. But there's no way of knowing until we actually play the game. So it'll be very interesting how they actually pull this off. But, if they can pull it off... This would be kind of amazing, and I think it would be a game-changer, pun intended, for the entire gaming industry. That you literally have a sandbox-style game where you could play as anybody who has different skill sets and everything like that. Now... That's the game I'm most excited about. The game that I believe everyone is kind of in, has been anticipated. We were all waiting for some sort of announcement for this game for quite a while. And that is Cyberpunk 2077. Now, 
the significance of Cyberpunk 2077 is that this is being developed by CD Projekt Red, which are the developers of the highly, possibly universally acclaimed Witcher 3. So, there was already a lot of excitement for this kind of game to come from CD Projekt Red after the good faith they have built with the entire gaming community. We started getting little screenshots, little glimpses of cinematics, and little tiny bits of gameplay. But this was the first E3 where we actually got a trailer that dove into the world a little bit more. And also, we got actual gameplay footage, which showed us that it's a first-person experience. And it's going to have RPG elements. And the game was also presented by the wonderful Keanu Reeves, who also has a role in this game as a character named Johnny Silverhand or something. I don't know. The point is, his presentation was kind of weird but charming in the same way, and it's just forever made a new meme out of Keanu Reeves saying, You're breathtaking! So, if you were wondering where that meme is coming from, that's where it's coming from. But, Keanu's weird mannerisms aside, there... I was a little unimpressed with this game. And this is going to kind of go into a little bit of the controversy that's kind of surrounded this E3 presentation. But... Let me explain something about Cyberpunk. I didn't know anything about this series because apparently this game is based off the tabletop board game version of Cyberpunk, which has been around for quite a while. But I had no idea that kind of tabletop game was around. It's sort of like Dungeons and Dragons, but if it was in Blade Runner instead. And the term Cyberpunk actually comes from Blade Runner to kind of describe the world that they live in where there's super advanced technology but it can be super advanced and super dilapidated at the same time. So that's where we attribute the genre of cyberpunk from. And lots of movies and games have sort of emulated this like Tron for example and Another game that has this cyberpunk feeling, which I can't help but draw parallels to this game, is Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Where that also has a lot of the same kind of aesthetics and designs that I'm seeing in Cyberpunk 2077. Where, you know, people have machine parts in them. They have robotic limbs. They're, you know, are able to upgrade themselves. And, like, futuristic technology out of the city. Like, weird advertisements. And, also, generally, that game was also a first-person style game with RPG elements. Where you could make decisions and had dialogue options. Now, granted, the aesthetics are a little bit different, where 
Cyberpunk 2077 seems to be more retro, kind of what someone in the 80s thought the future would look like. And Deus Ex is more kind of sleek, more based off of the Matrix, really. But it seems like it's going to hit a lot of the same issues, like transhumanism. And that's a term from Deus Ex where humans are transforming themselves and essentially becoming more than human. They're being augmented. So that's where the term transhumanism comes from. And it might hit along those same lines. So I just couldn't notice the, or I couldn't ignore these parallels. So, so some of the, I don't know, it was another thing I was kind of disappointed in. The, it kind of goes back to what I was disappointed in, in the Star Wars game we were talking about. It's a little bit unimaginative. Now, it's not like they can't do a game with these same kind of ideas and have a different product. We should be able to explore those kind of worlds freely. And it's not like Deus Ex owns the cyberpunk genre. So, it was just a little bit unimpressive. And also the gunplay and kind of the action sequences eh, left a little bit to be desired. Again, it's stuff that I've already seen before. But, you know, we still haven't seen all that this game is capable of. And more than likely, it's going to be something that I want to play. Specifically since you are able to fully customize your own character. Now, a little bit of the controversy that I was talking about before has to do with some people seeing a few of the characters or gangs in this game relying on a few stereotypical archetypes that might be familiar in pop culture. Like, for instance, there's a gang called the Voodoo Boys. And they are primarily of Haitian descent. And some people uh, found this to be a little bit stereotypical. And now there's been this huge debate on whether or not it is, it isn't, it's problematic, or it's racist. I don't want to get into all of that. But I just want to point out that there is this conversation going on of whether or not like portraying certain groups of people in gangs or in the demos like this that are portrayed as evil when they're the members of a minority of whether or not that's racist or not. And I only want – I only bring this up because I think it's an important topic in pop culture. Where we have to think about how stereotyping groups of people uh, affects pop culture. Because that in turn affects just how we see groups of people. Like example. Uh, seeing like mostly Hispanic actors as gang members in TVs or movies. Or something like that. That would be kind of a stereotypical role. 
So when and I feel like when people argue about this about being things being stereotypical, if it serves a purpose in the story, just in a general term. I'm not saying if it does tell this in the game. It's impossible to know until we've actually played the game and then we can have actual discussions about it. But the only thing I want to come out of this controversy and these debates is that the fact that we should be pushing and we should be vigilant on calling out stereotypes when we do see them and also striving for more diversity and inclusion in games. I want to bring it back to Watch Dogs for a second. In the first Watch Dogs game, the first protagonist was a character named Aiden Pierce, who was very bland. He looked like every other video game protagonist ever, just a white male with brown hair and just kind of this stoic attitude. And he just looked like every other video game protagonist, like I said. So, when in Watch Dogs 2, we got a new protagonist, Marcus Holloway, who was African-American, and had this complete personality built into him. And he even, you know, would point out social injustices in game, like in San Francisco, like people who lived in subsidized housing in Oakland or something like that. These would be issues that he would bring up in the game and that they would be fighting to kind of uh, right these wrongs. So that's an example of not only using diversity and inclusion, and it helps inject different perspectives, different ideas, you know, different and new and exciting characters into these stories. So, creating characters that don't fit stereotypes can be very interesting. You know, and it can help with the creative process. And it also helps foster new ideas. So, let's just say, for example, you could do this. Like, the... In Cyberpunk, where I mentioned the Voodoo Boys, what if, like, in the game, you could say that you were a member of the Voodoo Boys? And I'm just speculating. I don't know if this is actually a thing. But what if you could say you were a member of the Voodoo Boys at one point, and you were able to get tattoos that said, hey, you were part of it, and that could be part of your backstory? That would be kind of interesting. You know, what would that mean in this kind of dystopian future. So, to be someone of Haitian descent and had these certain beliefs, do you follow those beliefs? Do you not? See, these are already questions that I kind of think about, and when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, what would that look like, look like in the future? What if somebody was, you know, of Jewish descent in the far future? Would that still be a thing? Probably. It, you know, it's not something you see a lot in sci-fi. And, you know, I, this is just, these are just ideas that are just popping into my head right now, and it's kind of got my brain going. So, 
that's the only thing I wanted to bring up about this controversy is that I don't want to call it out for being racist or not. It's, you know, subjective. And I think there are points to be made that, you know, we should point out when something's being unimaginative or uh, stereotypical in games. And we should always be striving for diversity and inclusion because that's how we get new ideas. That's how we build new interesting stories. And I think that's always worth going for. So that's all I wanted to uh, bring up for this and just to kind of bring it all together. Just, you know, when you include new ideas, when you include new perspectives, it can take something like an unimaginative Star Wars game and maybe you could put something new in there. Maybe get somebody else's perspective like of what a Jedi would look like. You know, just something. Just something new. Something different. Be bold. Be ambitious. And that's how you get something like Watch Dogs Legion where you can literally play as anybody. You know, that's exciting to me. So, I'm glad I was able to bring this all together as a little call to action just to be imaginative, be inspiring, look for new perspectives, include these different perspectives in your art because it can only make it richer. It can only make it more powerful. And we should always be... We should always challenge people to be more creative, especially in video games. So that's where I'm going to end today's podcast. This was a little bit of a rant and kind of uh, more on my thoughts, but I'm glad I was able to bring it all together. So thanks for sticking around. I wanted to talk about more games, and I'm going to try and do more topic-based videos instead of just reviews. So... Uh, Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you next time.